You're in business because you have an idea, a spark, a passion, and it's your gift. It's the one that you have and you're bringing it to the world. I know it isn't easy and it requires commitment. You have to learn both the mechanics and leave room for the magic every day in your business. And I'm here for you to help you make a profit. I'm Don Kennedy, your host of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. I'm an attorney, author, mentor, and CEO of a growing coffee company. I'm in this with you every single day. Thanks for joining me on the show that looks at all aspects of business from the mindset to the sales to the money left over at the end of the month with tips and strategies to help you navigate this amazing ride called entrepreneurship. Thanks for making us part of your journey. Welcome to this episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. If you are a product-led business today, whether you manufacture it or not, whether you're selling something else or not, I want you to listen in today. We're going to be talking about reselling your product through a wholesale or consignment agreement with other retailers. So wholesaling is where somebody buys the product from you outright at a lower cost so that they have some margin built in and they make a profit when they resell it. Consignment often means that you're just going to put your stuff on someone else's store shelves. And when they sell it, you give them a percentage and then they'll pay you after it's sold. So basically wholesaling and consignment, it's the same kind of thing. Someone else is actually selling it for you. It's how you get paid. That kind of makes the difference in that relationship there. But I do want to talk to you about how important it is to have a wholesale or consignment line of business selling to other businesses who are selling to new customers for you if you are product-led. There are a lot of reasons people don't think about going into these lines of business or don't want to go into some of these lines of business. One is because they don't have a lot of room to give up margin. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that, that you know the way that you're priced is important to make sure that there is some room to give up some wholesale space there. And you know the other thing to think about is protecting your brand when you have someone else selling for you and the integrity of the brand, but you can set those things up right the first time up front. And then it gets it, it's easier and better to use someone else's audience to get your product into a larger market. Now, if you're service-based, you know, affiliate marketing is out there for you. There are other ways that people can also sell your services, but today I'm talking to product-led businesses. So let's talk first of all about why you would want to do this. You want to do this because you're getting into someone else's audience and you're exchanging some profit for them to use their audience, their foot traffic in their brick and mortar, or maybe you're going to be on their website. Maybe they found you through like a wholesaling online store like Fair. Maybe they're buying in bulk to resell for some reason. But the fact is, is that they find you and they're doing the actual end user sale. So they're buying it from you or they're consigning from you. They go out and they find customers. These are customers that otherwise may not have heard of you. You may not have the thing, whatever that thing is, that would drive them to make a purchase decision in that location. And you just might be an afterthought, kind of like the gum at the register, right? People don't go to the store necessarily to buy a pack of gum, but it is the afterthought and it gets picked up and it's sold there at the register. There are a lot of products and things that people walk into different stores and they look and they go, oh, I should get that. I can't tell you how many times I've been sucked into an old time mercantile or a general store or a small craft booth or I go to a flea market or anywhere else. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. And I may not have stopped in there in the first place for that product, but I end up picking it up anyway. And then I'm exposed to that brand. 
So this is why the branding is so important to understand yourself before you get into these deals. But that's the underlying reason you're going to want to do this is you're going to get to a new customer base and you're going to let them do the marketing and selling for you. So let's talk about how we would get started on this. A few things to understand. First thing is to understand your brand and to understand who would be the best fit to carry your products. It is very easy when you first get started to try to find anywhere that would host your stuff on their shelves. And anywhere, you know, could be an online store or a brick and mortar. So, but it's very easy to think, well, anyone should want to sell my thing. But to protect your brand, you want to make sure that whoever's selling your stuff is acting and talking to the same demographic that you are. So you want to find your best fit reseller. You want to talk to the person that is talking to the customers you have now, maybe in a different way, maybe with a different approach, but they are still talking to the same people. And don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to think about some of the places that people are making sales that your product could fit into. I'll give you an example. For us, we have a particular vendor we'll be working with that will be taking us to farmer's markets and the county fair next year in our coffee business. That is not something that we would necessarily do for logistical reasons and for labor reasons and things, but they're already going there. They actually have like a farmer's market sort of deal. So our coffee would fit in there as something people would pick up when they pick up their jams and their jellies and their apple ciders and their maple syrups and things like that. So it's a good fit and the demographic is correct. So we're going to partner with them for that. There are other stores and things where we would not be a good fit. There are some boutiques and resellers that would not be talking to our demographic. We would not want to be on their shelves or in their stores, not because there's anything wrong with them, but because they're just not talking to the same customers that we already are. Now, don't be afraid to also look around and see some of these online places that are doing things like the FAIR, F-A-I-R-E. They are like a wholesaling marketplace. We've actually been invited by several other people to join FAIR's marketplace because that's where they buy all their wholesale from. We actually do not list our wholesale on there. We list our wholesale individually with individual vendors, and that's just our brand, and that's how we do business. We actually limit how many stores we go into into a given area. And we do that for a couple of different reasons. One of them is because we want to have a very collaborative engagement and we want to have a a good reason for people to come in. They come into the store to buy my coffee and then they're also get their eyeballs on the other person's products or vice versa. They go into the store for other products and they see our coffee and they buy it. So we do do wholesale and consignment both in a couple of different areas. In fact, uh, we were in 12 retail stores a few months ago. Now we're in 10. Uh, the two of them we've decided not to continue doing business with. And there's a few reasons, but uh, and I will talk about those as well. One of them has to do with pricing and making sure, again, you're protecting your brand in the marketplace. But let's talk about some expectations. So when the consumer buys your product, there are certain expectations. But when a business buys your products for resale, there are other expectations. One is that you're going to restock them on time, that you're going to have the product available when they need it. Then you need to talk about how you're going to be paid for your items. But the expectations that you're going to restock, that you'll be available maybe on demand, um, that you will do collaborative things, maybe some sales, or you'll be in gift baskets or whatever. Those things all need to be worked out. And you need to talk about these expectations because they're using your product to generate income for their store, whether stores online or brick and mortar, doesn't matter. They're actually using your product as a vehicle to generate revenue for their own venture. 
If you think about it that way, you're entering into a business relationship where you're going to make the other store money by doing business with them. And that's how I like to think about it. It's a win-win. We make something, they make something. We reach customers that they otherwise, or that otherwise wouldn't find out about us. And some of our customers are going to do business with their stores and find things that they wouldn't have known about. So we'll send our customers to get our coffee from their store, and then they might find other things to purchase. So the merchants win, the vendors win, and we win. Everybody wins all the way around. But those expectations have to be understood up front that you're doing business with somebody who's using your product to make more money. And that's a beautiful relationship if you think about it. Another thing with the expectations is the marketing that's going to go back and forth. So they're going to do marketing for their own store because that's every business has to tell the consumer world that they exist. So whether they do ads or whether they just post on social, whatever it is, every single store tells other people they're in business. What you want to talk about also is the marketing as the wholesaler and telling people, this is where you can find us. If you don't shop at our store or on our website, you can find us in these other places. There's some collaboration stuff that needs to happen. And again, that's because I want to drive the sales from those stores so that they will continue to reorder from us over and over and grow our market inside their shelves. Part of that also has to do with the fact that there's limited shelf space, whether it's online or in a store, and you want to make sure that you are a valuable vendor to do business with. So you want to you know, talk through this idea of, I'm going to market where people can find my products, and I'm going to point them to your store if you agree to carry us. And you make that a very active campaign. You tag them and you say, we just did a restock in such and such a store. And actually, when we do that as our coffee company, people actually do go to those stores and they do purchase because we placed ourselves, you know, 30 minutes outside our hometown in certain stores. So people don't have to drive all the way to our hometown to buy coffee from our shelves. They can buy them physical products without paying shipping from other vendors closer to where they live. Now, some other things to think about when you're setting up these collaborations is how are you ordering and how are you easy to do business with? And do you have like a single point of contact for the people who are going to do these business to business kinds of sales? And I just want to be clear again, this isn't business to businesses and the business is the end user. This is business to businesses and the business is the reseller. So Who is going to be the person that they can always reach out to? What are the channels of communication? How can they get to you? How easy is it to place an order with you? How fast can you turn that order back around and fill their shelves? Because empty shelves mean they don't make any money either. So you want to make sure when you're getting into these relationships, again, you're thinking about your capacity, your ability to serve, and be able to keep them stocked with your goods, particularly if it's very popular, so that they can make money too. You want to make sure that as you are growing, and if you are getting outside a certain demographic area, you also consider things like shipping or delivery, how far you're willing to go, what you need to do. If they order over a certain amount of product, you know, how are you going to get things to their shelves? Easily, timely, payments are simple. Consider all of those things and you know, make sure that you have some policies in place to do that. But I'm telling you, this line of business has been very lucrative for us 
Right now, we do not ship to other places. We actually do deliver. So we stay within a certain radius of where our wholesalers and our consigners are because we do want to go ahead and be able to do on-demand restocking. And it's part of our personal business plan and our 10-year vision and how we want to run our business for the long term. It doesn't have to be yours. You can use FAIR. You can go ahead and you know do something where you have shipping. Maybe they order a minimum amount of product and get free shipping, something like that. This is all open for you. You have to do the analysis, but I would not discard this line of business. So the other thing I want to talk to you about, though, is once you get on the shelf, besides marketing and telling people where they can find you, I would also want to talk to you about protecting your brand and protecting your wholesalers. So one thing we don't do is undercut our brand. We don't undercut by having large sales at our store that people would come to our store instead of going to our our resellers, going to our consigners. You will not see us dropping our prices and undercutting what they're doing. I see that as a huge mistake sometimes where people will put products in stores and then they have a huge sale at the original location and everybody ends up losing money because people will buy the original stock at the lower price and then, you know, the, the wholesalers don't make any money. They don't move the merchandise. I want to be very careful about that. I also want to be very careful about pricing. All of our prices are the same. If you come to my store, if you go to the store 30 miles away or the store four miles away, all the pricing is exactly the same. Now, the products are not exactly the same. So this is the other thing about protecting our brand. There are certain products that we do not offer for wholesale that you have to get directly from us. And you can order them from the website or you can order them, you know, through our store directly. There are also some things that some wholesalers don't carry that we do offer. And so you can actually make this, you know, very specific to wholesalers. You can also protect the brand by keeping things only as kind of the flagship store's item. And there are a couple of reasons we do that. I'll give you an example. Um, Vietnam Robusta coffee is a coffee that has twice the caffeine of your average Arabica bean coffee. It's a different species of coffee. And we do actually carry a Robusta bean from Vietnam. That's why we call it Vietnam Robusta. Because it has twice the caffeine and because we don't have anything for the wholesalers to like warn people that there's twice the caffeine is up in there. And because we know a percentage of the population can be sensitive to caffeine, we do not put a Robusta bean in any of our wholesalers. We keep the Robusta bean inside our own business, our store, and we warn people and we tell them and it's listed and it's said and we we tell people this has twice the caffeine. If you're caffeine sensitive, you don't want this coffee. That kind of thing does two things. It protects our brand. It protects my wholesaler. And it actually allows the consumer to be very well educated into what they're buying and then they can make that decision. So we don't actually allow that coffee out of here for wholesaler consignments. And part of that also protects our wholesalers or our resellers because they don't have to worry about any customer complaints coming back along those lines because they are not carrying something that they would have to have some kind of extra notification on. You don't know who's working the store that day or who's filling the orders that day, whether it's online or you know brick and mortar. We don't know if a high school kid is managing the cash register. We don't know. So I wouldn't take the chance. I want to make sure that I'm very cognizant of how to protect them as much as protect us um, in making good consumer choices and making sure that everybody has the best experience with your brand. Make sure all the way around, everybody enjoys 
doing business with you and everybody enjoys your brand. You're not going to be a good fit for everybody. There are people in the marketplace that do not like our coffee. I'm cool with that. There are people in the marketplace that are not my clients that would not be a good fit for consulting with me. I'm okay with that. You need to know that it's not all going to be a good fit. But for the people who are a good fit and the people that you are doing business with, make sure you are easy to do business with. Make sure that you are having a single point of contact and that you are supporting in their business because you know that you're helping them make sales and make money. I'll give you one more example. I did have a client a few years ago that had a really good wholesale business moving, but she did not have on the website a way for wholesalers to log in and purchase you know, packages of products. And her particular product did very well in packages where you could order for this, for this, for that, for example. So what we did was we just kind of restructured the website a little bit to make it two or three clicks. You can reorder package A, B, or C, and, you know, you can put it in your cart and have it reordered. And it was on a different page from all of her retail sales. This way here, people who had a wholesale number could just log in. They could click the numbers of packages that they needed, put it in the cart, check out, it was shipped out. Very simple to do, but she made it very easy for her wholesalers to do business with her. She gave them their own interface. She packaged her products in such a way that it made sense for her business. And people were able to reorder them very simply and easily and you know, had a great business out of that because people felt really supported and taken care of. You're doing business with businesses. And when you're doing that, sometimes they don't have the same amount of time to shop, if you will, as customers. All right. One more thing about getting the meeting and getting into these locations. I am always huge about getting a face-to-face -face meeting and making sure you know who you're doing business with. This is our business model. Again, we do only local business for wholesalers and retailers. This is not going to be for everybody. If you go through FAIR or something like that, or maybe you're on Etsy doing volume, you may not have a chance to sit down and talk to everybody. And that's okay. This is your decision on that. But my business model, you know, it's for me to get a meeting. So I will reach out. I'll ask them if they carry coffee right now. Would they be interested in looking at another brand potentially? And I always set a meeting after I research and make sure that the business looks like it would be a good fit. I want to meet the owner. I want to look at the business. And then I bring them samples. I bring them taste testing. And I take the meeting as if we are going to talk about, would you want to carry this in your store? If you don't like it, I don't want you to carry it. And again, there are people who don't like our coffee. I'm cool with that. But I'm very, very specific and very intentional about getting the meeting. Um, leaving behind some materials when I leave, leaving business cards with me. So think about the entire experience of meeting you, learning about your products, finding out what your margins are, finding out what your pricing is, finding out what your brand stands for, and then make sure that they're a good fit to resell your product and really present you in the marketplace through their vehicle and their customers. If you do that, I promise you, it could be a very lucrative way to have another line of business. When you are a retailer and you are waiting for people to come to you all the time to find you and buy your products, I think you are losing a huge way to make money. I think it is a very wise decision to be able to go out and have your products in other people's you know, stores, online there are other vehicles to reach new people. Here's the other thing. Sometimes my wholesalers will have something and people will go, oh, I'd like to learn more about this. And they hop on my website and then they do see something like the Vietnam Robusta and they want to come and try it. 
that is a way that I've made a sale outside of the wholesale relationship while still protecting the wholesale relationship because I don't undercut the prices and they would still go back to my wholesaler to get their regular coffee. Just some food for thought, pun intended, about how you can set up some wholesale and consignment. If you have any questions about this, reach out to me. Um, Love to talk to you about it. I really think that if you're not doing this wholesale and consigning, if you're not finding these other places to reach audiences, you could actually be leaving a lot of money on the table in your business and potentially a market that would love you and love to use you. And they just, just don't know you're there. I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of the Profit Accelerator podcast. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the Profit Accelerator podcast. If you'd like to learn more and grab some free resources, just head over to entremoneycoach.com and you'll find the links and freebies. Take care. And I can't wait to talk to you again next time on the Profit Accelerator podcast.